disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. A moment of silence for an uptown queen born in the Bronx, raised in Harlem, the epitome of grace, excellence, beauty, black girl magic before it was a hashtag. Queen Diane Carroll. Rest in peace, Botham Jean. Rest in peace, Joshua Brown. A moment of silence. So I just want to go on record for my family, for my friends, for my family, for everyone who has a positive feeling towards me. God forbid I should meet an untimely demise. Um, and it's a violent one. Do not, under any circumstances, hug the motherfucker that caused my untimely demise. Y'all better raise a motherfucking hell if they get off easy. I mean, the spirits of my ancestors better haunt their fucking bloodline to the end of goddamn time. You hear me? They better be writing Harry Potter ass type movies about the way my ancestors and my friends and family wreaked havoc on their entire lineage. Do not hug those motherfuckers. That shit is not the answer. You can miss me with that's the good Christian thing to do. They killed Jesus too, you know. <clears throat> At what point do you start uh, taking stock into the fact that motherfuckers shouldn't just be able to kill you and then get a hug in response? No, no. That's not going to be the ministry. That's not going to be the ministry at all. You know, I grew up in the Bronx in, in the 80s. I was born in 79. I grew up in the Bronx in the 80s and the 90s. Um, I had a, I have violent offenders uh, in my life for the entirety of my life, be it family or close friends of the family. I am, I am no stranger to the criminal justice system. I am an attorney. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm just, I'm no stranger to the criminal justice system. I have seen more than, than enough, um, cases tried. And I can honestly say that I have never ever witnessed and I do mean ever with my own two eyes or even have read um, in a court transcript that the judge hugged the convicted murderer I've never seen it I've never read it um, so it's, it's a bit more than outrageous it, it definitely didn't help that it came out, or not that it came out, because obviously not a secret, um, but it, it doesn't help that uh, the judge is endorsed by the Dallas police. Um, I am not, I'm not in the business of, of dragging the black judiciary, um, so I'm not going to make that my business of choice now. But I'm also not in the business of bullshit, so I'm not going to overlook some shit. And I felt like that was a bunch of bullshit. I really felt like that was a bunch of bullshit. And, but for the fact that the brother also hugged the murderer, 
I would really call it overtly disrespectful to the family. You know what? I still feel like it's overtly disrespectful to the family for you to console a murderer, the murderer that took their child away. I feel like that's some fucked up shit. If, if someone in their family chooses forgiveness, that's on them. But I feel like as a member of the judiciary from beginning to end and post, you have a duty to really remain impartial. Like I, all of these fucking social media JDs, uh, are, are going on and on and on about, oh, you know, that was a great way to show empathy. This country needs more of that. Half of those motherfuckers voted for Trump, so they're going to definitely have to miss me with the bullshit. Um, but aside from that, the judge's job is not to show empathy. That is literally not the bench's job. The bench's job is to be impartial, period. Beginning to end and post, be impartial. Speak to the facts and the facts only. So the fact that she came off that bench and hugged the convicted murderer really, really it didn't sit right with me um, as a black woman. It, de- it didn't sit right with me as an attorney. And I just, I thought the shit was disrespectful and I didn't care for it. Um, I, I cannot even begin to wrap my mind around what was going on in the brother's head. You know, I can't speak to his mental space for why he felt like that was something he needed to do. And, and I, and so I won't, you know, so I won't, I can only speak for me and, and having lost people in very violent ways. I have never, ever, ever wanted to hug anybody that has violently and untimely taken somebody out of my life. Nah, I'm good. God forgives. I I don't. I'm not Jesus. Okay. I'm not God. I'm not. I'm not your Lord and Savior. Uh, you know, forgiveness is not on my resume. It's not one of my areas of expertise, if you will. Um, so that shit really pissed me off. That bothered me a lot. Then in regards to her getting ten years, I, that shit really. That should have been a twenty year minimum. Minimum. I read many of the uh, social media JDs going on and on and on and on and on in droves about manslaughter and and her lack of intent. Ayo, fuck nuts. She was convicted of murder. Murder. She should have saw 20 minimum. So I'm choosing not to go into the whole legalities of the case for a myriad of reasons. Um, I really just wanted to touch on the fact that as black people, especially as black women, we have to stop feeling like we have to be the ones to show empathy because our overarching narrative in these United States is the angry black woman. You know, that narrative is never ending and in various spaces, People go out of their way to make us appear to be the angry black woman. And I, and I think that starts to trigger this over this need to overcompensate and always come across as empathetic and sympathetic. And, oh, I understand. You know, let me put myself in your shoes. No, I'm not putting myself in your shoes, sis. I don't even know your shoes are good enough quality for my motherfucking foot. I'm not doing that. And I don't owe you that. I don't have to be empathetic. 
No one is over empathetic to us when our kids are killed and our husbands are killed and our boyfriends are killed and our brothers are killed. No. When that shit happens to us, it's, oh, well, what, what was he doing? Oh, oh. When that shit happens to us, what was she doing? Why was she there? Well, what exactly did she do that maybe caused the officer to feel away? No, 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 no. They are always explaining why someone rightfully took our life. We do not owe anybody any empathy when they fucking take ours. That response was not a reasonable response for somebody walking into the wrong apartment, seeing someone sitting on the couch and eating ice cream. That response may have been reasonable for someone who was under the influence. That response may have been reasonable for someone who's a layman. And albeit she was coming off a very long shift, so I understand being exhausted, but she is literally a professional who is a trained law enforcement officer. Her whole job. <laughs> requires that she utilizes her good sense before exercising um, deadly measures. And and she did the exact opposite. She she killed him instantly. She didn't she didn't shoot for the shoulder. She didn't try to disarm him from his ice cream. You know? She didn't walk in the door and see somebody that she thought could overpower her and immediately retreat and get backup and get help and get assistance. She immediately shot somebody that was sitting on their own damn couch eating ice cream. And and for that, and for that, she gets 10 years. Even though she's trained to know better. Unfucking believable. There are people sitting in there are laymen. Layman, untrained layman sitting in jail for less. For less. I don't need to tell you that a majority of them look like my black ass. I mean, and then, and then to see this black woman, this black woman embrace the murderer. I mean, that shit really set me. It really, really set me. We have like, we don't have to fucking empathize with everybody. It's not a fucking requirement. Like, I posted a tweet the other day that that anti-blackness has become such a thing that we show more empathy to others than we do to ourselves. And that shit is true and it's disgusting. The same people that will hold black people to a higher standard, a black layman to a higher standard, will then turn around and be empathetic to white cops that kill black people. Oh, I felt threatened. Bro, you chose a job where you are going to be threatened daily. Ma'am, you chose a job where you are going to be threatened daily. You feeling threatened is pretty much the fucking job description. I hate to be the bearer of fucking bad news, but you signed up for that, which is why you were trained in a particular manner to better assess situations that the layman would not better assess to de-escalate the situation that a layman might escalate because they lacked, they lacked the training and the ability to ask, you know, to assess what's going on. So shit like that really fucking bothers me. Um, I, I appreciated that when, 
when the young man's mother spoke that um that she called that she called party foul on Dallas you know she said that this is your city and and I don't live here you know this is this situation as far as Dallas is concerned is over for me with this verdict I have to live with it you know she has to live with the death of her son but she doesn't have to live with the bullshit that is Dallas and she called out all of the bullshit that happened in the investigation all of the bullshit that that happens just in general in Dallas and and she really pulled out a call um to action for the people of Dallas to better choose their representatives to hold their law enforcement accountable to hold their representatives account accountable to hold their judiciary accountable to not let this continue to happen and I appreciate it that she did not get up there and 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 basically speak to the hugs you know she didn't give that shit no airtime and i appreciated that about her i like that she did that um hold their hand to the fire hold their hand to the fire a lot of bullshit happened that should not have happened and i appreciate that she did it the young lady who took the videotape of murderer geiger on her phone after the shooting has chosen to only identify herself as as bunny and since then, she has received death threats. She was fired from her job. Um, she has been blacklisted by her job. So she worked for a pharmaceutical company and whatever professional certification that she required to do that job, she got it via her job. So they sponsored her and upon firing her, they revoked it and then blacklisted her. So she is currently um, appealing the revocation of whatever her certification or license was um, with the state of Texas. So she has not released her name or the name of the company. But uh, and I'm going to upload her video, the only interview that that she allowed to be released um, I'm going to upload that to the Facebook page. Again, you can find us on Facebook at Black Girl SOS, spelled exactly like the podcast title. Um, but she was labeled a black extremist and an anti-cop, and they used that as an excuse to fire her, saying they didn't want that kind of publicity for their company. Blah, 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 blah. That was classic retaliation against that black woman for sharing the video of of murderer Geiger on the phone after killing Botham Jean. And when you watch the video, if you get a chance to watch it, and I implore you to do so, it's about 20 minutes long, she talks about the fact that she heard two gunshots and immediately ran to the sound of the gunshots to record what she saw. First of all, Shout out to sis or some superhero shit because black people run away from gunshots. We do not run to them. Now, I don't know if sis is mixed or what prompted her to run to the gunfire, but I am grateful that she did because that provided, um, that provided a lot of proof of the fact that uh, murderer Geiger was not, she was spinning a narrative from the beginning and what prompted um, 
Bunny to share that video is because she she says in her interview that she saw on social media that murderer Geiger and the and 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 her friends fellow officers and the such and, and her community quote unquote that they were spinning a narrative that did not mirror what happened. And so she goes on to talk about how she she was not even initially going to release the video. Uh, But because she saw days of them spinning a narrative that was false, that that is what prompted her to release that video on social media because she wanted to clear she wanted to clear up what really happened. And that is always common for black women to be the the mule in situations and to carry the burden in situations. And she carried the burden of knowing what really happened and trying to decide whether or not she wanted to throw her own life into the tailspin um, of what became a, a national, a nationally publicized case. And look what happened to her. No good deed goes on, goes unpunished. She did the right thing. And as a result, she immediately lost all her source of income. She immediately lost her her licensure or a certification or whatever it may be, and immediately was villainized as being this black extremist and being somebody who is anti-police, when in fact, she's exactly the opposite. You know, when asked, is she a black extremist? She said no. Um... And when after she anti-police, she said no. And I think the fact that she went out of her way to be a preserver of truth, I think speaks volumes to the fact that if she's a lot of things, but an extremist is not one of them. I think she's a woman who holds people accountable. And I think she's a woman who believes in justice. And I'm very grateful um, that even though it was suppressed in court, that it got out in the court of public opinion, the truth of what happened. You know, I appreciate that. And so one of her, one of her coworkers um, started to go fund me for her because she immediately lost all her source of income. And I thought that was a really kind gesture. I'll put that link up on, on the Facebook page as well for anyone who cares to donate. Um, but more importantly, what I found interesting in her interview is she talks about Facebook and Instagram deleting her accounts. They deleted her personal account and her business account. And she said that the email they sent her said that her accounts were deleted because they go against the community guidelines. The level of bullshit. For real, my guy? Mark. Yo, young Zuckerberg, is that what we doing in the streets? Like, cut it out. If you don't know by now, Facebook owns Instagram. Um, And Facebook is notorious for their relationship with law enforcement. It's ridiculous to, you know what? I'll, I'll even give you, I'll give you the leeway of saying that her personal account violated community guidelines. We know it's bullshit. It's really because that's where she uploaded the video of murderer Geiger on the phone after killing um, the young man, Botham Jean. But why would you delete her business account? The business account that sold T-shirts. 
how how did that violate community guidelines? The t-shirts didn't have any profanity. The t-shirts were not derogatory. How did those t-shirts that had this this website had this page for her business or these pages for her businesses had been up all this time sans community guidelines violations but the minute she releases footage of murderer Geiger um, on the phone being anything but remorseful after having wrongly you know murdered this man all of a sudden her business pages violate community guidelines So now she doesn't have her nine to five and she doesn't have her side hustle. Really? Let me tell you something. Economic warfare is a real thing. If if somehow you don't know that, be advised. Economic warfare is a real thing. And we have been under attack economically since the beginning of our existence on this here on, on this here piece of land and, and it hasn't stopped. They've just gotten more crafty and this, this is a prime example of it. So now this woman doesn't have a way to make a living. Now we know the normal course of events when people lose their way of making a living, especially if they don't have family to rely on is crime and drugs and just this concentric sprawl of, of destitution and poverty. I'm grateful that that is not her situation and she seems to have a really good support group um, behind her. So I'm grateful for that. But these are the ways that they attack us and really um, hold us down from every angle. Like this woman literally did the right thing. And for that, her life has been thrown in the shitter. So love and light to Sister Bunny. Like I said, I'm going to post that interview on Facebook um, at your leisure. Please take a t- take time to, to watch it. Like I said, it's about 20 minutes. And if, if you are moved to do so, if the mood strikes, donate a little something to her GoFundMe um, if that's what you choose to do. And then when you think nothing else could happen in this clusterfuck, Joshua Brown the key witness in the prosecution's case, is murdered. Here's the thing. They knew that Joshua Brown was scared for his life. This man had already been receiving death threats since the minute it came out that he would be a potential witness. In November of 2018, and and this is as per um, the um, Jean family attorney, Lee Merritt, in November of 2018, there was an attack on his life, on, on Joshua Brown's life then. He ended up getting shot in the foot, and the friend that was with him ended up being killed. There were two assailants, one was captured and one was at large. So this man legitimately feared for his life. He was vocal about fearing for his life. Everybody involved knew that this man feared for his life. He feared for his life so much that after that incident, he fled Texas and went to California. So when the case started, he was not even in the great state of Texas. He was in the great state of California. What they did to force his testimony was issue a subpoena of appearance. Now, if you do not know, a subpoena is not, it's, it's, 
it's not optional. I'm not asking you to come to court. I am telling you to come to court. And if you don't comply with said subpoena, a warrant can and very likely will be issued for your arrest. Um, so he wasn't, he wasn't in the state at the time the trial started. A subpoena was issued. He was forced to return to participate in the trial. To my understanding, he did meet with the judge prior to testifying in open court. And there is footage of the judge afterwards saying that she was even surprised that he showed up to testify. First of all, it's a weird thing to say because we all know that a subpoena is not optional, but that also just, it just kind of speaks to the fact that everyone was aware of how scared that man was for his life. You know, that it wasn't a secret that this man was really, really afraid for his life and for valid reason at this point, at this point, his neighbor's been killed and his friends have been killed. He's got a valid reason to be afraid. And so once his, once he was murdered, um, there was a call from a myriad of people in the community that, and by the community, I mean our community, and by the, the attorney for uh, the Jean family, that Dallas PD turned over this investigation to the feds. Here's why. You want to keep as much impartiality as possible for cases that need to be tried. And if you are without question on the suspect list, you should have no parts in investigating that case. Well, murderer Geiger at this point has been, has been uh, prosecuted, found guilty, and sentenced. At this point, we know that a, a former Dallas police officer murdered the murdered Botham Jean and that Joshua Brown was was the lead um that he was the lead witness in this case. This very clearly makes Dallas PD mm, kind of suspect. Of course you look suspect. And that's not to say that they are or aren't guilty or that anybody affiliated with Dallas PD is or isn't guilty, but this is to say that the obvious appearance of impropriety is already there. So what you want to do is remove that. So what Dallas should have done and what a lot of, a lot of people called for the Dallas PD to do is to have Dallas PD turn that, that murder case over to the feds. And they should have. They should have, because what did they do? They came back with some bullshit ass, cocky baby ass story. <sighs> Let me tell you something. Even if this story was true, which I do not believe by any stretch of the imagination, even if this story were true, I'd be hard pressed to believe it because of the source of the story. You ever heard growing up, you know, it's not always, it's not always um, what's being said to you. It's not always the message, it's the messenger. That's a real thing. <laughs> like, that is a very real thing. That's why there are so many people delivering the same message and the same goods, because it's not necessarily the message that you can't receive. It's the messenger that you probably can't receive it from. So I'm hard-pressed at this point to believe anything coming out of the Dallas PD attached to... uh 
to both of Jean's death and to the prosecution and and guilty verdict of murder uh, Geiger. I'm going to be hard pressed to believe anything that Dallas PD has to say relevant to that because they've already showed their hand in trying to manipulate that that investigation. So why the hell would I believe them in regards to this investigation? So they come back with this shit. They allege that Joshua Brown was killed in a drug um, a drug sale gone bad. <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> Y'all, they said that three men drove from Louisiana to to Texas, <laughs> from Alexandria, Louisiana to Dallas, Texas, to get 12 pounds of weed. <laughs> Y'all, listen to me. That is a four and a half hour drive. Verified by Google. Okay. <laughs> Who in the hell is driving four and a half hours for some weed? For some weed? I, first of all, you can't even convince me that Texas got better weed than Louisiana and I don't even smoke. But I'm just going to go ahead and hedge my bets that um, if I'm in Louisiana and I'm looking for some grade A shit, I'm probably going to shoot my shot at NOLA. <laughs> I'm definitely not going to drive across the state line to go get some goddamn weed. Like, what? The story don't even make no damn sense. So they allege that the three guys drove from Alexandria, Louisiana to Dallas, Texas to get 12 pounds of weed. And in Joshua Brown's home, they found 12 pounds of weed. They found $4,100 plus, and this was all just a drug deal gone wrong. Y'all, it don't even make no sense. I don't know if if they think we're stupid or if they're just so so blase about 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 this whole shit. Like that they're not even trying. They're not even trying to sell us a story that makes sense to us. It's just take whatever we give you and get the fuck on. Unbelievable. Um. I saw on social media that Joshua Brown was murdered a couple of weeks before his son's first birthday. That's just tragic. That's tragic. That's another young black man who's going to grow up without his father. And at this point, in, in the view of many of us, at the hands of law enforcement. It's, it's, it's sad. It's disgusting. You know, my heart really goes out goes out to Joshua Brown's family. It's it's a terrible thing and it's it's <laughs> this case it's like never ending and it just brings me back to Judge Kemp hugging the the center of all of this shit, hugging murderer Geiger in open court. That shit burns me. Who's hugging Joshua Brown's, uh, his lady? I don't know if they were married or what, uh, but for the sake of conversation, let's call his child's mother his wife. Um, who's hugging, who's hugging Joshua Brown's, Joshua Brown's wife? Who, who's hugging Bunny while she is trying to make ends meet without employment? Um, who's hugging Botham Jean's mother? 
as, as she's had to bury her child. My mother always says the worst thing for a parent is to outlive your child. Who, who's hugging these black women during this time? Who, who's doing that? Who is openly showing these black women being loved, being embraced, having empathy shown for them? Who's doing that? Because we, we watched on national television. We watched on national television as empathy and sympathy was shown for the white woman, the, the white police officer, murderer Geiger, who caused all of this. She caused all of this. She ended the life of, of, of Botham Jean. She disrupted the life of Bunny. She disrupted and possibly ultimately ended the life of Joshua Brown. And for this, for this, she gets 10 years and a hug. Oh, wow. My God, today. And yes, very obviously, I understand that her sentencing is attributed solely to the murder of Botham Jean, but even that was insufficient. And in the greater scheme of things, it just becomes that much more insufficient. And it becomes that much more agitating that Judge Kemp felt like this was an opportune time as a black woman, as a member, as a black member of the judiciary to come off the bench and offer an empathy that, to be honest, that woman did not deserve. To be honest, should is not an image that we deserved. We got to do better. We got to do better. Black women, you, you do not owe the... You don't owe your crucifiers empathy. You, you don't owe your murderers sympathy. You don't owe the people who live to put their foot on your neck. Shit. So when someone like Murderer Geiger does this type of shit, this... It, it, it's, it's, it's malicious to me in so many ways because of the fact that she did not come out with open honesty to begin with, the fact that she tried to spin a narrative um, that was total bullshit. And, but for Bunny's video, we would have, we would have never known that it was bullshit. She tried to spin this narrative of being so sorry and, 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 oh my God, so guilt-ridden when she realized what she did. And, and that wasn't the case. That was not the case at all. That was, that was far from the case. And, and in that I find malice, in that I find maliciousness, and, and in that I find aggravation in seeing, in seeing Judge Kemp hug her and, and provide her sympathy and, and, you know, try to be empathetic. And what, what did she say in her interview? Judge Kemp said that she whispered into Murderer Geiger's ear uh, to forgive yourself. Uh, no, no, bitch, don't forgive yourself. Okay, because what you did was fucking heinous and probably rooted in, in some racist as deep in, and probably rooted in some deep seated racism. Do not forgive yourself. Don't. You took somebody's child away for no fucking reason. Do not forgive yourself. You didn't utilize your own protocol. Do not forgive yourself. I just, I can't. All I can do is implore my sisters. You know, as we navigate life on this land, 
Do not give people that are not entitled to your sympathy and your empathy, your sympathy or your empathy. Don't hug your assailants. That is not it. That is not it. I'm I'm also going to post on, on the Facebook page um, a very interesting post that I came across. Um, some words by, I believe, I don't, I'm not sure if she's a pastor or not. I know she's of the church. Um, but her name is Karen Carlo. And she's a white woman who talks about the fact that white, white people um, love false grace. And, you know, she makes a, a point that really ties into something I said earlier in regards to the fact that, you know, they killed Jesus too. You know, God forgives. I'm not God. I'm not here to forgive you. And she points out for, um, you know, people who study the Bible, who grew up in the church and the sorts that it never says that Jesus forgave. It says that God forgave them. So, the greater issue is that white people continue to place themselves in the roles of Jesus when, in fact, they are the Romans in the story. They are the crucifiers and not the crucified. Um, so it was a very interesting read. She told a lot of truth, uh, much to my surprise. Um, Sis had a little bit of time. And so I definitely want to share those words with you when you get a chance. Give that a read. It's a lengthy read because I'm going to actually, I'm going to post a snippet, but I'm going to include a link to the um to the full length of of her writings to the full length of her writings um yeah so definitely give that a read that was that was timely and it was very necessary and yeah the world would be a better place if we had more people from her demographic that was that honest but <laughs> I'm not about to hold my breath. Shit, I got asthma. I've been and died quickly. So, <laughs> um, sisters, we are, we're going through some serious times as per usual. And all I ask of you is that, is that you be cautious with your sympathy, that, that you utilize discernment with your empathy. You know, don't be so quick to jump into everybody's shoes. Don't be so quick to, I understand, you know, with the next person that, that doesn't fall into your demographic. Just have, have a little bit of apprehension about that and, and be mindful about it because it's almost, it's almost a, I feel like they've been using it as a get out of jail free card and that shit's got to stop. My dears. It's been a deep one today. I thank you guys for listening. And until the next time, y'all have a good one.